Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Thursday morning. We've got all your Wednesday night NBA action covered. I'm Zach Harper, live from Staples Center right now. I'm joined by Big Waz, not at Staples Center. And we've got Rob Lopez on the ones and twos. Coming up on the show today, James Harden just won't stop scoring. Steph Curry goes crazy again. And Kyrie Irving becomes dad Kyrie. But first, Kyrie Irving was going against Kawhi Leonard in Boston and had a crazy impressive finish. Celtics 117, Raptors 108 in Boston. Tale of two stars down the stretch was we had Kawhi Leonard, who was really good in the fourth quarter until the final four minutes where he was just terrible. Zero points, 0 for 3. Uh, you know, he had 12 before that in the quarter, and, and he finished with 33 points, four rebounds, two assists. He had a good game, but he just couldn't generate any good offense. They had they had Danny Green, uh, you know, trying to trying create to off create. the dribble. Yeah, yeah, against like Marcus Smart is bad. And then, on, and then on the other end of that, Kyrie Irving took over. In the final four minutes, he had five points, five assists, just picked apart the Raptors' defense. Uh, he finished with 27 points, 18 assists, five rebounds, seven turnovers. Um, Boston killed him the other night, but they at home, they're actually good. They're a really good team at home. Yeah. Uh, you know, I want to say first and foremost, as one of the harshest Kyrie critics in all of basketball media, that if you're going to tell me Kyrie Irving's going to be the scorer that he um, customarily is, and he's going to make sure to <laughs> create for every single person on his team, like actually make that a priority, right? Like I'm going to set you up and put you in positions to finish, to, you know, pick and pop, to do all of these different things, then Shit, man, I got to, you know, I'll take that Kyrie over a lot yeah, of Yeah, absolutely. You know Including over Kawhi tonight. So that's first and foremost. But, you know, uh, the Kawhi thing is like, yeah, he doesn't score in the last three minutes. But like you said, he, he had 12 points in the fourth quarter. I don't kind of put that on Kawhi. It's, it, it's Kyle Lowry, man. He's just. And I hate when a lot of people, when they say, oh, such and such, he had four points. So that means he disappeared. No, Kyle Lowry legitimately disappeared. Yeah, he had he had ten points on uh, ten shots, so it looked like he was in playoff form. And you could tell he didn't want to create either down the stretch. Like he didn't right. want to. That's be why the they're one going to Danny Green, right? Yeah, it was, like that that's a problem. Yeah, because Kawhi Leonard is not a creator. You know, I mean, he can do it in spurts. He can play make for other people and generate offensive flow, but that's not really his lane. What his lane is is what he was doing: isolating on every single wing defender that Boston threw at him and kicking their ass. Yeah, and that's what I loved about Kyrie's game tonight is that he he clearly like used the scoring to set up his passing, especially in that fi- in the final four minutes. Like he was just he was getting into the middle of the lane, and you could see everyone on Toronto got nervous because like, oh no, here goes Kyrie again, and then he's finding guys for little dump down passes, kicking it out, getting getting open shots. Like he was just he was just so surgical with how he ran that. You know, ran that fourth quarter offense. Uh, Al Horford had 24 points. If you're hearing cheering in the background, we have a horrible uh, pickup basketball game happening after this Clippers game, but it is slightly more competitive than what the Clippers did tonight. Uh, Serge Ibaka, 22 points, 10 rebounds, 16 and 10 for Jason Tatum. Gordon Hayward had 18 off the bench. There's an announcer now. Uh, Waz, what else you got on this game as I mute? Uh, the, the bench unit came out in the second quarter and absolutely stunk up the place, right? Uh, that's when that's when Boston ended up going up by about 12, 13 points. Uh, Toronto's defense, even when they brought the starters back in, kind of waned. But once the third quarter came back, they played great defense. Uh, and you could tell they were kind of – they hadn't ratcheted it up. Uh, Toronto is one of these teams, just like Boston, by the way, who uh, when it comes down to it, 
when they feel like it, they can turn into a monster on defense. Um, only other observations as far as playoffs, because I think these teams are going to play each other in the playoffs. Sorry, Zach and the Bucks. Uh, oh no! I you think, guys have a second round. We got the we got to march all the way through. Oh the, yeah, that's through the true. Finals. That's yeah, we're good. We're good. <laughs> yeah, we're, I, think, we're, I think for Boston, they should absolutely be crashing the boards against these dudes. Yeah, um, I agree with that. Whether it's Serge Ibaka or uh, Greg Monroe, they should be absolutely crashing the boards. Siakam is not a great rebounder. Um, Danny Green is okay. Kawhi is decent, but like they should be putting pressure on the boards, man. Whenever they did that, I felt like they found success. And Toronto, if Kyle Lowry's not going to try to score in the half court, or he's not even going to try to orchestrate or threaten to score or make like you know try to puncture the defense, they're going to have to play up their athleticism, and they got it. Like between Kawhi and Siakam, and uh, Norm and 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 and. Uh, Delon Wright's brother, uh, they they have the horses to run up and down with anyone. Right. I think they got to press that uh, in a playoff series because in the half court, obviously Kawhi, he was able to get his looks, get his buckets against every single perimeter defender got that got thrown at him. Um, they can't subsist on that, and I don't think Boston can subsist on Kyrie uh, making thirty-five footers to clinch games. And you know, Ibaka <laughs> actually, you know, Ibaka actually played amazing defense on the step back before that. Yeah, he like, did. I don't stayed think with him. Offense can subsist on those shots, even from Kyrie Irving, who's the best that we have at it, right? So I think this will be a fun playoff matchup, man. Yeah, I think also if we're gonna, you know, assume health for both these teams that. The Celtics just got Aaron Baines back, but Jonas Valanciunas coming back. He's been really good for them this year. He's he's scoring at, at the best rate of his career, and having that interior presence against Boston, I think you can you can slow things down down a little bit. You can go big, and then when you go to that more athletic lineup, it kind of shocks the system of the game, right? It kind of throws Boston off kilter a little bit. Agree. All right, everybody. Last night was Wednesday, which means we had the back-to-back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up. You deposit five bucks. FanDuel is going to match that five bucks in your account. And then you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday night. And so maybe you didn't get to play last night. Doesn't matter. Next week, you sign up on Wednesday. You get to play with us. Shout out to last week's winner. Ilya is going to join us on the mailbag this Friday. He'll be joining us to ask questions, answer questions, chop it up with us, you know, have an awkward conversation with Jade that's been rehearsed that he forgot already. It's going to be a great time. So, again, go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, deposit money, get money, play with B2B listeners. All right, Waz, let's get into the news from Wednesday for Thursday. The big news, Kyrie Irving called LeBron James and apologized. He admitted to reporters that he called LeBron after the Celtics loss to the Magic to apologize to him to learn how to lead a young team. It was a big deal for me because I had to uh, call LeBron, you know, and tell him, like, you know, I apologize for <laughs> being that young player that wanted to everything at his, you know, at his fingertips, and I wanted everything to uh, be at you know, my threshold, I wanted to be the guy that led us to the championship. I wanted to be the leader. I wanted to be all that. And, you know, the responsibility of being the best player in the world and leading a team is something that's not meant for many people. And Brown was one of those guys that came to Cleveland and tried to really show us, show us what it's like to win a championship. And it was hard for him. And uh, sometimes getting the most out of the group, it's not the easy, easiest thing in the world. And um 
This is a, a Mia culpa from Kyrie. This is where Kyrie becomes dad Kyrie, veteran Kyrie, and, and is going to try some leadership stuff. And he, he's leaning on LeBron James. And he realizes the error in his ways. And maybe, just maybe, was this opens things up for L.A. Kyrie. How about that? <laughs> that would be quite <laughs> Amazing, insane, hilarious. That would be everything if that actually happened. But you know what was so cool about this is that when Kyrie issued his statement to the media when he went on his soliloquy about young guys needing to understand what it takes to be in the championship hunt and all of that stuff, uh, there was a lot of chatter on Twitter. Like, everybody had that same take. Like, oh, now he sees what it feels like to be LeBron. It's kind of one of those fan fiction. You know how we always do that? We project feelings upon yes. players. Like, Oh, Kobe's watching LeBron cook and Staples got to be sick, blah, blah, blah. But this was one of the rare instances that that fan fiction actually happened to be true, right? Like Kyrie went out and called LeBron and said, my bad, I was a knucklehead young guy. Yeah, that was on me, right? I, I do think like it's kind of good. At the same time, doesn't it kind of throw the young guys on Boston under the under the bus to say all this? In, in what sense that, well, I mean, and that, I and that he's, he's going out and saying like, yo, man, I was talking to LeBron. Like these kids don't know what to do. I got to well, lead them. I think he said, I think what he's saying is like, I was you guys too. I, so I get it. It's not like you're wrong. It's a natural impulse. I once had that same impulse, but guess what? I get to eat the big chicken here. I'm the big dog on this team. Y'all got to fall in line. Speaking That's of LeBron James, reference. that is a Chris Rock <laughs> reference. Speaking of LeBron James, he's going to miss at least two more games. Rich Paul, his agent, told the Athletic they're not going to compromise his health to rush him back. Uh, they're going to do it on their time frame. The original time frame was uh, about three to six weeks, and he said they're in that time, they're in that return range. So everything's going as planned. But obviously, as the Lakers continue to struggle without LeBron, even though they just got to win, they eked out a win against the Bad Bulls the, uh, the other night. Um, you know, this is still something where the Lakers are, they're still fighting for playoff position. Each game they miss without LeBron, that's just going to be one more hole to kind of climb the, you know, climb out of. So uh, they need him back soon, but obviously you can't risk his long-term health. Yeah, this has a, this, I don't want to say that it has the whiff of LeBron going back to Miami in the Cleveland days. Cause I don't think he has quite the contentious relationship. Obviously he doesn't that he has with, you know, the, the guy who wrote a letter in comic Sans after he left the team <laughs> for the first time yep. and that he does with magic and, and Rob Palenka. Right. And I don't even think he has, you know, I think he has a decent relationship enough with the players that he's not like uh, condescending them or, or just being undermining them by just like straight up not playing for as long as possible and making the team look bad. But he's slow rolling this. Absolutely. No? Absolutely. This, let's just say in his current health, this was an NBA Finals game or even a first round playoff game, which with this team is actually an important game. Yeah. Um, I think he'd be playing right now. Yeah, I mean, he allegedly played with a broken hand for an entire series, right? Which we found out after he got eliminated, but... No, but see, the, the alleged thing is, like, people... I remember people did that earlier this season. They did the the comparison of hands, and his hands were swollen as hell, bro. I'm sure they were, but we're like, yeah, I'm just saying, if he, you know, I don't know. Well, yeah, he if he bloated, sometimes he, that, he can figure out know, how to play this mess sometimes you, Yeah, sometimes you're eating too many salt and vinegar chips, man, and I get it. I've been there. <laughs> And uh, then one more, one more story, one more weird story, which probably 
needs like a whole basket buds treatment, but we're going to gloss over a little bit and just try to hit the key points. Uh, The country of Turkey is seeking an arrest warrant for Enes Kanter. The Turkish government is accusing him of being a member of a terrorist organization, according to Saba newspaper. Uh, Kanter tweeted out that the Turkish government cannot present any single piece of evidence of my wrongdoing. I don't even have a parking ticket in the U.S. I've always been a law-abiding citizen. According to Interpol, a red notice, which is what the Turkish government's trying to get on him, is a request to locate and provisionally arrest an additional pending extradition, uh, for, but for Cantor to be extradited from the country and sent to, to Turkey, where it, I would assume they would do something pretty horrible to him. Uh, the U.S. would have to be convinced that he's committed a crime that's prosecutable in the U.S. Uh, I mean, this is this is serious, man. This is like some 24 stuff. Yeah, I, I and I and I feel for Eric Cantor because the, the 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 president of Turkey Erdogan is is a pretty scary dude, man. They yeah. got a pretty authoritarian regime, and they don't take kindly to dissenters uh, straight up. So I I think he should be taking every precaution possible. Um, especially since we have a regime in, in our own government who's very friendly and sympathetic to the Turkish government. So I think he should be, you know, be careful, man. All right, listeners, do not fret if you missed the Los Angeles live show, which was killer, which you're going to want to see the audio and whatever pictures and whatever video we have of it. It was an amazing show. But if you missed it, if you didn't get to go to Los Angeles, because let's say you're on the East Coast, March 2nd in Boston at the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference at the Middle East in Boston, you can see us again. You can see us do a live show. Tickets are on sale. There's no VIP. VIP is sold out, but we still have general admission available. You can get your tickets uh, through Jade Hoy, through the Count the Dinks Twitter page, and you can you can join us March 2nd, Middle East in Boston. It's a great time. Every single show seems to get better every single time we do one. So you don't want to miss this. We're going to have all the big names there. We're going to have special guests. Come see us March 2nd, Middle East in Boston. All right, let's get to the other games from Wednesday night. Nets 145, Rockets 142 in overtime in Houston. This could have been a game of the night, too. Uh, no Chris Paul, no Clint Capella, obviously, but James Harden went off again and was. It didn't quite matter. 58 points, 10 rebounds, 6 assists, 21 of 23 from the free throw line, 5 of 19 from 3. Uh, by the way, he scored, what, 115 points now in his last two games. Uh, none of them have been assisted, was. Not a single one. <laughs> that's, that's a crazy stat. Yeah, it's crazy. That is uh, that is crazy. And by the way, the, the that's an indictment on Mike D'Antoni, in my opinion. I get it. This is your best option. Yeah. But come on, man. I mean, it's uh, so this was a crazy finish, man. How they got to overtime was crazy. So from ESPN stats and info, the Rockets led by six in the final thirty-six. Or I'm sorry. In the, 30 seconds of regulation against the Nets. The Rockets over the last 20 years, when leading by six or more in the last 30 seconds of regulation, were 682 and 0. That's the most wins without a loss by any team in that span. It's a weird stat, but the re- the reason they didn't get that win and keep that streak going is because Spencer Dinwiddie hit three threes in the final 27 seconds to force overtime. Then an eight Oh run in overtime when the, uh, the nets were down seven, uh, got the nets in control of that game. Spencer Dinwiddie was ridiculous. 33 points, 10 assists off the bench. Jared Allen had 20 points, 24 rebounds, three blocks. Uh, Eric Gordon had 20 points in 21 minutes. PJ Tucker had 20, uh, Joe green had maybe my favorite stat line of the night. 15 points on five of 15 shooting all five of 15 happened from three point range. Uh, Trevion Graham was actually really good guarding 
and Harden. I mean, there's only so much you could do, but I thought he did a good job down the stretch. They doubled him on, on certain possessions. Austin rivers, missed a big three, Gerald green, missed a tying three, but man, like, you know, you said the indictment on Harden, uh, with this, uh, with, you know, or the, the indictment on D'Antoni with this game, uh, and st- stats like 115 points with none of them assisted, but they gotta figure something out. Like I know they almost won this game. They should have won this game, but man, you can't as hard to keep doing this. It's not possible. It's not sustainable. It's it, the and we and this is the thing, right? When people talk about the the way effort levels ebb and flow in the NBA during the regular season, it's eighty two games. The players understand that it's eighty two games. James Harden is happy to be in a groove and he's indulging this groove. Yeah. But there's a reason why people don't do this every game. It's just not something your body can maintain. So that something's got to give pretty soon. And it doesn't seem like Chris Paul is coming back anytime soon. Yeah. Harden's got to fake an injury for the All-Star game. He's got to take that entire weekend off. They, they don't have another playmaker on the team. And, and their system, be um, you know, as much as you could call this a system, is this. is pick and rolls. <laughs> this is what you do with pick and roll the ISO. That's the system. Yeah, that's all it is. We don't have seven seconds or less anymore. Like, it's just, it's 24 seconds of James Harden, and that's that's really what it is. Uh, and, and the Nets now, Nets are 23 and 23. Then the sixth seed was. These Nets are scrappy. Yeah, they're scrappy. <laughs> <laughs> don't be, don't be mad at, don't be mad with your Knicks love. Pistons, uh, Pistons, one twenty, Magic one fifteen in overtime. Uh, Nail biter. Nick Vucevic missed a big shot down the stretch in regulation. Blake Griffin missed a chance to win the game in regulation, uh, and then Blake Griffin took over at the end of overtime. Scored seven straight points. Finished with thirty points, five assists, four rebounds. Terrence Ross scored all six of the points for Orlando on three pointers in overtime. Finished with twenty four off the bench. Andre Drummond of fourteen and twenty two. Uh, 11 of those 22 rebounds came on the offensive boards. Nick Vucevic finished with 24 and 13 bucks. Grizzlies bucks, one eleven. Grizzlies, one one bucks are now tied for first in the East, but have a higher win percentage. So the best team in the East was, I think it's pretty clear right now. They dominated the third quarter. This game was not close. Uh, not as close as the final score would lead you to believe Giannis had 27 and 11. DJ Wilson had a good game off the bench with 13. Uh, the Grizzlies are terrible. They need to blow it up. Uh, Spurs, one Oh five Mavericks. Mavericks 101 in Dallas Spurs dominated the second half, take control of it. Bellinelli, Bertans, and DeMar DeRozan all controlled the game in the second half for San Antonio. Bellinelli led the Spurs with 17 points. Rudy Gay, Patty Mills, and DeRozan each had 14. Uh, painfully slow game in this one that favored the Spurs. Only about 86 possessions. Luka Doncic 25, 8, and 8. Harrison Barnes 4 of 18 from the field, 1 of 8 from 3. Blazers 129, Cavs 112. Uh, this was never a game after halftime. Blazers dominated. Damian Lillard, 33 points on 11 of 19 shooting, had six assists. Yusuf Nurkic with a weird stat line. I mean, a good one, but a weird one. 10 points, 10 rebounds, 10 assists, five blocks. Jake Lehman had 18. CJ McCollum had 19. Only four turnovers in this game for the Blazers, and they only gave up two points off those four turnovers. Uh, the Cavs are terrible, and Jordan Clarkson led them in scoring, which means you're going to lose games. Jazz 129, Clippers 109. I was in the building for this one. The Clippers are in trouble. They are officially in trouble. They have been reeling lately. Uh, They have a tough schedule ahead. Jazz are surging. Rudy Gobert, 23 points, 22 rebounds, four blocks in this game. Donovan Mitchell had 28 and six. Lou Williams with 23 off the bench. Uh, Jay Crowder hit a bunch of threes. He had 23. Kyle Korver had 19 off the bench. Tobias Harris was 17. Uh, Avery Bradley was 15. They were the only two starters in double figures. And then another potential game of the night, Warriors 145, Pelicans 140 in Oakland. Anthony Davis, 
30 points, 18 rebounds, seven assists. And yet it was Steph Curry who took this game over in the third quarter, finished with 41 points, hit nine threes. He had seven three pointers made in the third quarter, had 23 in the quarter. Drew holiday was good. He had 25 points. Nico Miritich had 29, but Draymond green was, he was ridiculous. He had 17 points, 14 assists, six rebounds. He went four of seven from three point range. Oh, and by the way, some guy named Kevin Durant had 30 and 14. Yeah, Kevin Kevin Durant's 30 points on this team will always seem like ho hum, yeah, whatever. Just taking out the trash. Who cares? You know, I'm I'm in my bathrobe. <laughs> I'm not, you know what I'm saying? Like I'm barely even here. Whatever. It's it's incredible. I thought Draymond, you know, and people are gonna get excited about the four for seven for threes. He's still shooting like my man um Chris likes to say like he has a Jansport on his back. Um, <laughs> he's still shooting that way. And, and I think in important games, teams are going to be very happy to let Draymond Green take seven threes. Like that won't be. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Issue. But I think in this game, particularly on defense, man, he was just a monster to me. And especially particularly when he gets one-on-one singled up against AD and when he's coming off a weak side to help on AD, he's just incredible at it. Like there's nobody else who can, well, I don't think, I don't think there's anybody else who could do that. One, he AD has become strong enough that he could push people down into the freaking rim. He can put you under the rim, depending on the defender. But yeah. Draymond's able to not get pushed, and when he just goes straight up, makes himself tall, like his he has enough length that he's gonna bother every AD attempt, even if it's close to the rim. So watching Draymond on defense, man, was fun tonight. Yeah, it was. And by the way, the most combined three pointers in a game in NBA history in this one was 42. Uh, and I just like, I don't even fault the Pelicans for what happened. Like Steph goes crazy, right? Like we saw what this team, we saw what this team did against Denver the other night. Uh, maybe they're starting to wake up. We'll see what happens on Friday when they face uh, the Clippers with DeMarcus cousins making his debut. But this is, you know, when, when they, when they're shooting the ball, when they hit 24 threes, like you can have Two Anthony Davis is probably not. Well, no, two Anthony Davis would be kind of freaky, but uh, <laughs> you're still probably going to lose that game. Like, there's nothing you can do in those instances. Yeah, and and I gotta say, man, I said on Twitter, NBA games. I can't stress this enough. NBA games used to end where both teams scored in the 70s. Like, this was a thing that happened in our lifetimes. That was ugly, man. <laughs> Remember when the Pistons held the teams under 70 oh, for like five God. straight games, and everyone was praising that? That's garbage basketball. <laughs> garbage basketball. <laughs> All right, let's do line of the night. I mean, this one should be pretty easy. James Harden at 58 points, 10 rebounds, six assists. Uh, other good games. I mean, Steph Curry, obviously, with 41 points, nine made threes. Gobert had 23 and 22. Nurkic had that weird 10, 10, 10, and five line. Uh, Waz, where are you going with line of the night? Well, it's absolutely Byrie Irvin for me. Byrie. Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, because of the 29 points, the 18 assists, and, you know, shouts to South Star homie Ben McMahon, but he had the cojones factors factor. <laughs> I guess it's two, so you can't Yeah, say I guess factor. it's two, right? <laughs> he had the cojones factor in crunch time, dude. Like, he literally was playmaking. Uh, he was making tough, contested shots, like, to pull up from 35, you know, in that moment, under two minutes to nail that thing, uh, you know, it, it's hard to argue with what he did down the stretch. And then throughout that entire game, he was clearly, to me, the best player on the court tonight. Uh, so I got to give it up to Byrie, a guy who I've, you know, gone out of my way to talk greasy about in the past. I, I should go with James Harden here, but I'm going with his teammate, Gerald Green, man. I love that 15 points on five of 15 from the field and it was 
five of 15 from three. You didn't take a single shot inside the arc. I respect the hell out of that. Joe Green gets my line of the night for sure. Make sure you like us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to the back to back podcast. Uh, new basketball buds back on Tuesday. Today we got Nerd She Wrote. Tomorrow we're going to have the mailbag. Uh, go subscribe to the Black Opinions Matter Monday feed. A great episode this week. Recapping live show, talking all kinds of stuff. And uh, don't forget, we got the Daily Ding. This is this podcast that you should subscribe to. We got Kean Fahey's uh, Interceptable podcast, The House of Strauss. We got Pack Your Knives. We got all that stuff. Thanks for waking up with us. Thanks for taking your medicine while you listen to this, eating your egos, doing all kinds of stuff, brushing your teeth. Uh, what's your sign off, Waz? Ring, ding, dong.